This podcast is brought to you by Aetna. Learn how Aetna is working to build a healthier world by visiting aetnastory.com. People are yearning for information, having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. Welcome to the BBNR Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Riley Cook. And I'm your host, Dora Bush Cook. Get ready, everyone. We have quite the special edition of Health Gig this week. Our guest is so unique, we decided we needed three episodes to even begin to scratch the surface with all the knowledge and wisdom this guest has to offer. Ladies and gentlemen, Dora and I are beyond thrilled to announce this week's guest, the 43rd President of the United States, George W. Bush. So here's what you need to know. Dora's dad is President George H.W. Bush, the 41st President of the United States, and her mom is former First Lady Mrs. Barbara Bush. Dora is the only woman in our nation's history to live to see both her father and her brother become president. President and Mrs. Bush have five children, all of whom are incredibly close. To have siblings that you actually choose as friends is a gift beyond words. You will hear in no uncertain terms that Dora and President Bush embody this special gift. Dora leads today's conversation with her brother the only way she knows how, which is from her heart. The siblings have lived uniquely amazing lives, in large part because of their uniquely amazing parents. This interview allows for a rare glimpse into our 43rd president from a sister's point of view. Is Dora objective? Uh, Probably not. Is President Bush forthcoming and honest? Absolutely yes. So let's get the first of our three-part series started. We're so happy today to be interviewing the 43rd president of the United States, who happens to be my amazing brother. So thank you for being on Health Geek. Thank you for having me. I'm very impressed with your project. Thank you. So we ask um, very difficult questions here. And the first question is, who is your favorite sister and why? Well, uh, it's a woman (laughs) named Dorothy Cook. And uh, she's a very unusual lady, and she's my favorite sister because she's my only sister. Right. Okay. So moving along, (laughs) let's begin where you are now. You're 13 years older than me, and you look pretty darn good, I would say. Um, You're in amazing shape. So can you tell us what your daily routine is and what you do to maintain optimal health? Well, I, uh, the first thing I did to maintain optimal health is to uh, stay away from alcohol and cigarettes. Mm-hmm. As a youth, I used to smoke and drink. I think you smoked camels or something. I did that, yeah. Unfiltered at times. Pretty much whatever mother was smoking, I would smoke. <laughs> and but you drank I, B&B. I did. Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. drank a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And around my 40th birthday, I quit drinking and I think before that I had quit smoking. And so my health improved a lot <laughs> by showing discipline. Mm-hmm. I exercise daily. I can't I, I ought to rest more, but I don't. I'm one of these people that need to exercise in order to stay physically fit and psychologically healthy. Mm-hmm. So I do elliptical. When I'm at the ranch, I ride mountain bikes. Uh, when I vacation in Florida, I exercise in the gym and play golf a lot. 
And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm active, physically active, and I think that's helped me stay fit. You you do yoga down here? I do some yoga, but not in Dallas. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it, that's helpful. I stretch a lot. I, I've got a physical uh, personal trainer that comes by the house twice a week when I'm in Dallas. That's good. And work on my core mm-hmm. so that my structure stays strong. You used to be a runner. I was a runner, and uh, uh, my knees kind of gave out on me. And uh, but I ran a lot uh, for the first four years of the presidency. Then I developed a little arthritis in my knees, and so then I started mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Didn't mom and dad go watch you run a marathon? I ran a marathon right after dad lost his presidency. I was so despondent, I decided to have a project, and the project was to get conditioned for the marathon. It happened to be the Houston Marathon. At about mile 20, the marathon passed mother and dad's church. St. Martin's Church. Mm-hmm. It just so happened the church was emptying, and Mother and Dad came out. Dad, of course, yells, there's my boy. And Mother said, there's four fat women ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me. I often have heard you say that you're a fat person on the inside. What does that mean? Well, it means I, uh, I probably was overweight. When I got out of the Air Force pilot training, I was fairly active athletically, but I spent more time in the officer's club bar. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was out, totally out of condition. So I started running to get back in shape. You know, and I, I like to be fit. Mm-hmm. Our family loves desserts. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a big problem in our family. We grew up on desserts. I yes. mean, every meal we had a dessert. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I still uh, sadly kind of do that, which then causes yeah. me to want to exercise even more. But then you give it up. Then uh, there's periods of time. Occasionally you- I have shown some discipline on desserts. It's the problem is when you quit drinking, your body craves the sugar. I am. I and know. so I went for a, you know, I became somewhat of a chocolate Sometimes I'm able to resist the temptation. Sometimes I'm not very well disciplined on dessert. Mm-hmm. I like to eat. Mm-hmm. That's a family thing. So more on the drinking. How did you decide to stop and what happened there? Well, I began to realize that alcohol was competing for my affections. So, for example, I can remember sitting down having a scotch by myself or a bourbon by myself in in Midland, Texas. And the girls were going to bed, and I just let them go to sleep rather than read to them. And then over time, it became apparent to me that you have to make choices in life. And being a father is essential, and alcohol was beginning to compete with that responsibility. And so, mm-hmm. plus I was feeling t- terrible some mornings. Mm-hmm. I got in a routine where I ran to get rid of the alcohol but was thirsty at night, so I drank alcohol to quench the thirst. It's kind of this never-ending spiral. And so cold turkeyed it, 1986. Yeah. yeah. So as a result, do you sleep? Pretty good sleeper. Pretty good. Yeah. I, during the presidency, people, the press was fascinated whether or not I could sleep or not. And I try to explain to them that I worked out extremely hard so that sleep came easier than it would have. Some nights I didn't sleep so well. Mm-hmm. I slept pretty good. And now, and as I'm heading in my twilight years, I'm a nap man. I That's think naps good. are good for health. Mm-hmm. And so I, I take a, try to take a daily nap. Mm-hmm. Dad would always take a daily oh, nap. Oh, yeah. He'd take a nap, too. He was a nap man. It's a good example. What's your favorite part of the day? Morning. Mm-hmm. I get up. I'm pretty dutiful about getting uh, Laura a cup of coffee. That's so sweet. Yeah. And I read the Bible or religious texts. I'm reading Charles Spurgeon, Sarah Young. Mm -hmm. Sarah Uh, Young is Jesus Calling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And I, one of the things I've done is I pick a passage I like from Jesus Calling and then text our daughters, Barbara and Jenna, and put a few emojis in there to make it more mm-hmm. interesting for them. And then they, <laughs> they, te- they, they text back, which is good. Kind of makes me feel good that they're also following that, which I'm following. Uh, I read the one-year Bible every other year. Mm-hmm. And so I start my morning there. Mm-hmm. Then look at some news items. So we're up at about 5.15 every morning. And I know something else you do. The jumble. Yeah, I do the jumble. Yeah, just mm-hmm. to And you and Laura keep, do it together. Yeah, no, well, we sometimes separate rooms. Oh, no, you do it separately, but then compare notes. Compare notes. Yeah. And I view the jumble as a way to keep your mind sharp. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I do that. And, you know, kind of head into the day. Now, when I'm in Dallas, I get to the office about 7.30. So that's mm-hmm. 5.15 to 7.30 to get cranking. Mm-hmm. And... uh are you a breakfast man? Yeah, uh, cold cereal, mm-hmm. but not much of a breakfast. Mm-hmm. Light lunch, and kind of pile it on at dinner sometimes. Sadly, <laughs> I know that's hard because you're you've exercised hard, you've worked hard, and then you get really hungry. Really hungry. Yeah, I have that same issue. What makes your day great, and what makes your day not so great? Well, I think a great day is one that you feel joyful. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're uh, appreciative of the day that you see. You see positive things during your day mm-hmm. that you recognize beauty, for example. A good day for me is when I can be with friends. Mm-hmm. A good day for me is one in which I'm able to expand my mind, mm-hmm. whether it be reading or painting. And then, of course, a good day is one that I'm able to get exercise. If I don't exercise, it makes a day a little worse. Right. Now, I can't think of many bad days. I think the, the worst kind of days are when you f- feel ill. Yeah, I think that's right. So I think, you know, your love of exercise and your commitment to it probably came from mom and dad. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about growing up in a family that, well, you know, loved athletics and sports? Well, it's a pretty and- competitive family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there was a, it was a, a constant swirl of activity, mm-hmm. mainly because, as you mentioned, the head of the family. Mother and dad were a swirl of activity themselves. Mother liked to play tennis and golf. Dad loved tennis and golf. Mm-hmm. Dad became a jogger at one point. I don't know if mother was ever a jogger. She jogged, I remember. It wasn't her favorite thing. No. Uh, but they set a good example. Of course, their parents, our grandparents, were very active yeah. people. They were golf, tennis. And then when you combine the example they set with a competitive drive, it lends itself to being disciplined. One of the things, you know, when I think of our grandparents and, you know, that they've passed down the athletics and the golf and the tennis and the, you know, keeping fit and stuff. But um, Ganning Gampy and most of Dad's brothers were really musical. Yeah. We're not. No. So, yeah. therefore, uh, <laughs> if, if, if it requires health, if music creates health, we're unhealthy. I think so. Because we, we lost that But gene. you know what's interesting? I think if you were to say, look at the family and say, you know, we haven't any artists. No, we're going to come to that. And my point is, is that (laughs) maybe it's that we weren't exposed to it. That's true. And maybe it's not too late. Maybe there's a world-class soprano trapped in your body. I don't know. So, yeah, exactly. So a little bit about um, when you were president. Did you care for yourself differently when you were president than you do now? Was no. it easier or harder? Uh, well, you know, the, the commute to the gym 
from the Oval Office is 45 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> and the thing about the president, it's really, it, the question is, how, what priorities do you have in life? Right. I mean, I can't tell you the number of people said to me, you know, I'd love to exercise, but I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, you know, I don't have the time for my kids. In other words, it's really essential to set priorities. Mm-hmm. And if exercise is a priority, then you can make time for it, no matter how busy you are. And right. uh, so, for example, rather than take time out for a big lunch or an hour for a lunch, you can take time out for 45 minutes of exercise. And so I've always been disciplined about exercise, not always, but from age 35 on or 30 on I was, and same in the presidency. So mm-hmm. there, I, I don't think it was any easier to exercise. No, it just was a priority. Yeah, but it was a priority when I was president and when I was not president. Right. I know that when you were president, and I am i can't remember exactly what it was for, but that you did some acupuncture. Um, <laughs> yeah. With you, What was his name? Colonel Needles. Uh, <laughs> Needles was a good dude. And, yeah. Uh, but it was, I can't, I think it was a back ailment or something. And so we tried everything. And, and so needles came. Did you over. do it for your jaw too? Uh, yeah, I got, I got pretty tense at times. And so, for example, Christmas parties, Laura and I would shake hands and have a picture with like five or 6,000 people at Christmas season. I know. And toward the end of that, your neck muscles and jaw got a little tight. And so we had, uh, we had a bone cruncher there at the White House, an <laughs> osteopath, mm. that was real helpful at times to crack your neck and to loosen up your body. Traveling. So massages are important to health, I think. And so I'd get massages, daily, mas- I mean, a weekly massages. Uh, you know, you come back on these long flights overseas and get a masseuse to come in, and, and it really helped keep your body functioning well. Mm-hmm. And and Dad knew the importance of massages, and I remember a few years ago he said, you know, Bob Hope got a massage every day. I think I can too, yeah. or something like that. So more power to the old and boy because he can't walk now. Um, yeah, the massage is just a great therapy for for him. Yeah, very good. Managing stress when you were president was was there anything special you did, or was it the exercise? No, I think no. I think it was a lot more than that. I think. Managing stress, being around family helped because mm. it got your mind off the issues of the day. Yeah, you'd come over or Marvin would come over. The girls would be around occasionally. Yeah. And, you know, they weren't interested in hashing out policy. They were interested in just kind of making their brother and or father, you know, kind of laugh. Yeah, or- have a, yeah, laugh or be in a different environment. Uh, religion helps a lot when mm. it comes to stress. Being surrounded by people you trust helps a lot. In other words, I never felt isolated. And I would suspect stress, one becomes more stressful if you feel isolated. Right. I had a wonderful team of people who's who I trusted, who ended up being friends. And so that's how you manage it. But the, the key thing is, is you got to believe in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. In other words, it'd be unbelievably stressful, I guess, if you made decisions and didn't, <laughs> didn't really believe that the decisions were the right decision. You made decisions based upon politics or made decisions based on Popularity. making people, yeah, p- people liking you. Mm-hmm. I guess that would presume that'd be very stressful. Right. And I think I, I love what you said about human connections. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, it's so true, not just as a president, but all of us need to be have those human connections. Yeah, and to share... You know, you got uh, friendship is very important because true friends are somebody you can share, you know, thoughts or feelings with without fear of 
betrayal. Mm. And one little thing I remember you did, and it's something that we love to do in our family, and that's puzzling. Um, I did some of that with Laura. Yeah. Yeah, it just gave me a chance to uh, kind of get your mind off the moment. Yeah. And so we'd sit up there and, you know, just pieces puzzles in. and kind of, you know. Yeah, I think anything that kind of got my mind off of the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I had a lot on my mind, and it was important to think about them. But it's also important to find moments where you're able to relax mentally and physically. So it's been 10 years since you were president. Does it feel that long? Not really. I mean, I've had a very, I, I guess it would feel long if I was inactive. Right. And I guess it'd feel long if I longed for power and fame, which I don't. Right. My view is, is that eight years was plenty. I'm fortunate to have been a two-term president. I don't miss the trappings. Mm. And so, therefore, it doesn't seem, if I miss it, I can presume it was seemed like, uh, you know, it's been an eternity since I've had the trappings. But I, I feel like it's been pretty quick because I've been busy mm-hmm. and satisfied. Mm-hmm. Content. Content. After 10 years, what, what are some of the moments that still stick with you? Well, there's quite a few. I think every Christmas sticks with me where we had our entire family at Camp David. Those were very fun. The pitch at Yankee Stadium sticks Mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. The Ground Zero bullhorn event sticks with me. Mm -hmm. The day of September the 11th is clear in my mind. You know, the second inauguration was very clear because, Mm -hmm. and it was very meaningful because the first time you run, people really don't know you. They hope that you turn out the way they think they want you to turn out, but they don't know you. And the second time you run, you know, people have seen me laugh, cry, make decisions, stand my ground, do this, do that. And so people have a much better sense of who you are. And when you get, when they elect, reelect you, it's a nice feeling. And so the inauguration was kind of a confirmation. Do you like being president or post-president better? Or is that a dumb question? A pretty dumb. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like. I know. I do you think like it's a being dumb a toddler? Or you, <laughs> uh, I loved being president. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was by far the most meaningful part of my life. It was the most taxing for sure. Uh, you know, it was the most emotional. Right. It was, uh, you know, it was very heady. It was an incredibly challenging period. I liked, I loved it. I, I thought it was a great, not only a great honor, I, I, I liked the whole challenge of being president. But you love your life now, too. I do love my life now. Which is... which is A little different pace. Which is awesome. Um, let's take a minute to... Can we talk about mom and dad? Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well. <laughs>